0: Hey, everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers have their third straight win in thrilling fashion. Easily the best and most satisfying ending of any Lakers game this season. 107 104, the final score over the Mavericks. And Andy, the hero was Austin Reeves. Of course. We'll talk about that and much more on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every single day. Monday through Friday, we get this thing up right and early. So no matter where you are, no matter how you listen, how you get your podcast, this thing is ready for you. Uh, Andy, so on a night like tonight when the Lakers... Uh, pull out a stunning and exciting win over the Mavericks. You can listen whenever you want. Want to listen, let you know as well that this episode of Locked On Lakers is brought to you by Truebill. It's the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need, and can even negotiate better deals for those that you want to keep. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the lineup. Talk about the Lakers and 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 their COVID stuff. Uh, it is. Permeating throughout the organization. Three guys couldn't play on on Wednesday night, but even uh support staff now um are in the protocols. Billy Mack, the uh does the TV broadcast Andy, unable to do the 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 game on Wednesday. He's been sent home. Yeah. Just, I mean it, th-
1: yeah, it thankfully it seems like so far that uh people who've been testing positive have been asymptomatic, they're feeling okay you know, best case scenario, you've got some false positives going on, like what happened with LeBron, it gets cleared up quickly, everything gets back to, I guess, what would be the new normal uh, as soon as possible, or just you have guys who maybe test positive, but because everybody's vaccinated and, you know, they they seem to be feeling okay, the recovery period is uh, quicker, and then, again, you get back to what is now the new normal as quick as possible, but just there, there could be some chaos going on. I wonder if it's just going on in LA because the Rams have been just it's, up, but it's, it's it's
0: across sports. I mean the Calgary Flames have 27 people. That's a hockey team. They have 27 people in their in their COVID protocols. Um, you know, players, coaches, and staff. Um, there are football teams, the Cleveland Browns or like so. I mean, across sports, um, COVID has you know become very quickly, a very large issue. So it's it's that with the Lakers, no Malik Monk, no THT, no Dwight Howard on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, what this does is uh, in the rotation, Andy, it opens up space for Austin Reeves. And he played a lot, and he played really well. 32 minutes in a 107-104 overtime win over Dallas. In Dallas, uh, the first of a three-game road trip, and the Lakers... Um, playing a little bit shorthanded against a shorthanded Mavericks team, admittedly with no Luka Doncic. We're going to talk about, we can talk about LeBron and we can talk about Westbrook and we can talk about Davis, but Andy, we've been talking all year about how badly the Lakers need a guy who can play both sides of the floor, spread the floor a little bit, defend multiple, multiple positions, including guys who play on the wing, and all year long in his moments where he's gotten to play Austin Reeves has shown signs of being able to be that guy and on Wednesday he damn near made it impossible for Frank Vogel to take him off the floor certainly in this game but perhaps in many
1: many many games to come yeah this is Austin Reeves right now he's celebrating man he is feeling himself the mm-hmm. game like he had tonight um it it was actually, I thought, really interesting to see this with Reeves. Just like the idea of the full encapsulation of just things that you've seen from him. Like, you know, he had five threes in this game, which is obviously an outlier compared to what he's done on the season. Five like of he six. Actually, I mean, it wasn't right.
0: even five of 12. It was five of right. six. Five of including six. Including the and, game
1: winner. Right. Including the game winner with, uh, with a second left. He actually got fouled during it, which... I'm not saying to complain but it just really lets you know the concentration no, Andy, he's that he's like in the Shaq
0: basically the referees feel like it's so unfair already they can't just start sure. calling everything.
1: No, obviously. I mean otherwise you just it would be Austin Reeves in a parade to the line and it it, it wrecks the flow of much. the game. Exactly. Like people have, people have been complaining for I don't know a good 3 months throughout his career that the guy gets too many calls. So you know, mm-hmm. he People talk about James Harden and Trey Young and the new rules and stuff like that to prevent just these cheap fouls. They're really about Hillbilly Kobe. But, exactly. like, you know, five threes for him is, a, is an outlier. He actually has not shot the ball in the regular season nearly as well as he did in the preseason. But, you know, he's what he's been willing to do all year is take these shots. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't hesitate. And defensively, you know, there are times where. He looks really good. He's very alert on where he's supposed to be. He rotates really well. I think he understands concepts well beyond his his experience. You know, he can still, and you saw this early in the game when they were targeting him a lot, um, he still can get rubbed out on screens pretty easily and can get a little bit compromised there, but he fights. And then if you don't screen him out and you just, Frank Vogel talked about this after the game, Because the league isn't totally familiar with him yet, like he will, they'll sometimes think that he's a rookie that you can pick on defensively. And no, like he actually, it's not. It's not not just he's
0: a rookie you can pick on defensively. You look at the guy. I mean, just look. You look at him physically when he's around and he's standing on an NBA floor. He doesn't really have an NBA body. He looks like he's about nine years old, and and all that stuff. And you just you just assume based on the aesthetics, <laughs> quite frankly, you can you can sure. you, you can get around. No. Him. He's going to be a sort of slow footed white guy who's not going to be able to keep up with you. And, no, and
1: he, he looks and he, 15 and, you know, right. unassuming and, the, and all know, that floppy haired and the
0: act. You know, if he says words, they're going to come out with that accent that he's got. And it's just, it's one of those deals where you're right. Physically, he can be overpowered at times. You know, there were times where a guy like Jalen Brunson would get into his body and, like, he's not as strong as he needs to be. Right. um, But at the NBA level. But in terms of all the other stuff, positional awareness, moving your feet, taking the right angle, he does all of that other stuff well, which makes up for you know, the other for the, the the lack of physical
1: strength and makes him one of the best defenders this team has. Right. I was going to say, and then the point of bringing up even some of the shortcomings was to talk about, though, on balance, the, the game ended up, a, I think, a pretty good showcase of just all the different ways that he can help defensively for a team that does not have they don't have not just a lot of wings. They don't have a lot of guys that you can even sort of pretend that they're wings like, you know, mm-hmm. you can Talk yourself into it. Austin Reeves falls into the talk yourself into it category because he he's not really a guy that you want to play for any type of you know small forward-ish type role unless you absolutely have to. I mean, he's too small for that against most teams, but he does well enough. And then as a passer, you know, he's not somebody that can run a set for you. Like you're not, you're not gonna have even like a, a like a secondary ball handler run that sort of stuff. But what I think he does do really well is if he needs to make the right pass or he can recognize something right away, he's very decisive and he's really creative. And he he's he's somebody that just, I think, moves the ball very well, even if I wouldn't necessarily say I would look for him to be a playmaker that makes sense i actually i mean
0: i i, I we don't need to I, I disagree with at least to to some level with your evaluation of him as both a playmaker and potentially as a secondary ball handler i agree he's not somebody you have initiate the offense call out plays not point guard but uh beyond that i, I actually think you might be underselling some of the what he does but either way i am in 100 percent in agreement that he is a guy the reason he works well in the offense um particularly when he plays with LeBron, when he plays with Westbrook uh, and, and all that is because he moves the ball quickly. Yeah. he makes the right pass almost always and and then you add I think the cre- the creativity that you mentioned again, I think you might be underselling it a little bit. but either way, surrounded by good players, he will find the right the right, the right guy and be in the right spot to receive a pass, whether that's a cut or like we saw on Wednesday, being in the right spot to get that kick out from Russell Westbrook as he drove into the lane and got up and needed it, you know, needed an outlet. He was, you know, Reeves was where he needed to be. He was in the exact right spot. I mean, I, I suspect, you know, we'll have we'll have the ability to talk a little bit more about Reeves, you know, for the rest of it. The- I mean, it does put the Lakers in a a good position uh, as eventually guys like Ariza come back, THT come back, whatever hard lineup decisions are among positive players is something that that Vogel I think really wants to be able to make uh, but let's talk a little bit about the big three because it was a, it was an unusual and interesting game up and down in in certainly I think for a couple of those guys and LeBron had
1: some really interesting comments about where the Lakers are as a team we'll do that next lockdown Lakers brought to you by prize Picks. Okay, Laker fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out yet, you are missing out. You are going to love this app for NBA and mixed sports pickems. Christmas day games are coming and they're going to be off the charts. Lakers, Nets, anyone? And they're going to be more fun if you play Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers mixed sports entries. You can do the over on LeBron points combined with the under on Tom Brady passing touchdowns. His NFL GOAT versus the NBA GOAT in the same entry. Mix it up. Make it fun, man. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that Easy prize picks, it's safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Go to prizepicks.com today, use the promo code NBA, or go to the app store, download the app. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. All right, so I mean, overall, you know, when we talked
0: to Nick Angstadt <laughs> uh, to, to preview this game, host of Locked on Mavs and uh, the Locked on NBA podcast. Um, he did note that the the Mavs are a jump shooting team that has not made jump shots. And that ex- is exactly what happened on Wednesday. Mavs were 12 of 44 from three-point range, um, only 39 of 98 from the floor overall. So it was a really good defensive performance uh, from the Lakers. It was not, while it was a very exciting end to the game, um, and it featured some some good moments overall, it was not a good offensive game for the Lakers, though, either. Uh, you know, again, 107-104, Andy, in overtime. Um, so not, not a ton of production uh, from the Lakers. Davis, Anthony Davis was 8 of 18, so not super efficient there. Westbrook was 8 of 18. LeBron, 9 of 19. None of the big three shooting over 50%. Um, it was just, it was it was a really herky-jerky evening from pretty much everybody on the roster offensively except Reeves. You know, Ellington uh, missed, I believe, his first five three pointers. Made a huge one at the end, um, but that sent the overall, game in overtime. Yeah, that sent the game overtime. But overall, didn't shoot the ball well. Avery Bradley only one of five from three point range. Um, you know, it was it was it was not a good offensive night for the big three, and yet. They did manage to win, which I think
1: is is a nice change of pace for this team, if nothing else. Well, I mean, the the big three combined for 67 total points, so they, they all found their spots to contribute. Like, LeBron was pretty steady throughout the course of this game. Anthony Davis was much better in the second half than the first. The first half, he only had four points. They were doubling him a lot in the post, it, like, basically the minute he touched the ball, and it was bothering him for a while. They did a better job in the second half, the Lakers, of getting him the ball – either in pick-and-rolls or on the move or just situations where he could be more decisive and do something one way or the other before the defense could really react and start doubling him. Russ played better in the first half than he did in the second half, but he also, he had a big corner three in overtime. He had a few really big passes, including the one that set up Austin Reeves for the game-winner. And it was just one of those times where all, all three of them, again, LeBron was steady, reminded you of the importance of star power. And for all of the struggles Westbrook had at times, he came close to having a triple Andy, we already, talked, we already talked about Reeves. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> about the big three now. Um, you know, he, Russ came one assist short of a triple-double, and he had four turnovers that were pretty front-loaded. He, he got better with the ball as the game went along. Anthony Davis had 12 rebounds. We've talked before, Brian, about, you know, the importance of seeing him play bigger on the glass, particularly for this team. And it just – they – one of the things that I thought was really great about this game for the Lakers was, down the stretch, they were not just missing big shots, missing oh. three pointers. They were airballing them like straight effing. Wayne Ellington balls. had
0: a at a clutch yes. time airball. Yes, I mean it's and one this, thing like Westbrook misses a a corner three, you kind of expect that. But he had an airball. Yeah, well, yeah. That's I'm saying. Like he he's missing, you know. Well, I just want to make obviously.
1: it clear. I'm not even talking just misses. I'm talking specific air balls. Like I'm not even talking about all the different LeBron categories. had of one that was possible. barely not an airball. Like I, I Anthony we both Davis, I believe,
0: had two airballs. He might have. He only took th- three threes. None of them went in. Um, but like, and we, I think we both tweeted something to that effect. Like the Lakers have missed their last like five three pointers by a combined sixty five feet. Um, except the one that Reeve shot, but they were they were horrible shooting in the clutch until they weren't. like, and then they were incredible. Like when they the last opportunity where they needed Westbrook to hit a three pointer in the corner, he hit it. The last opportunity where they needed Ellington to hit a three, which by the way, was off a miss um where they got that was the Westbrook. I think it was that was LeBron who took the three. To try to get him into overtime, Davis wrestled the ball away from from uh, Maxi Kleba, I believe it was, and the ball ends up with Ellington, who had not shot the ball well, but when they needed that last one, he made it. Reeves to win the game made it. Like they were terrible shooting in the clutch until they weren't, Um, and that was just it was it was just nice to see them be able to win a game where those guys weren't perfect because other than Reeves, it's not like the supporting cast was you know, piling up big numbers to bail them out. Bradley had five, Ellington had nine, Mello had nine, DeAndre had two, Bazemore didn't score in 15 minutes. It's, you know, it wasn't a superlative offensive night all around, but they they grinded one out. It seems at least like they might be getting the hang of it defensively.
1: Well, I mean, they they before even getting to the defense, I, I thought it was significant the way they uh, grinded out with those shots and worked through that adversity because it wasn't just... Outside shots that they were missing, they were having a ton of trouble at the rim. Like, there were a lot of guys who missed just straight-up chippies, like stuff that they really should be making pretty easily. They weren't going down. There were a few times where I, I remember Westbrook, you know, he got fouled, and, you know, he let them know, but he actually got back. You know, like, you, you. what I thought was really good about this game is, despite some stuff that was legitimately frustrating, this was not a game where you saw a lot of complaining. And I think that's really important for a team with this many guys who are either still superstars or have been superstars because a lot of times those guys are the biggest complainers, and complaining can get contagious. And that stuff oh, can I start, mean, look, that know.
0: was the that was the the big one of the big complaints that, that Jason Kidd has about Luca. Yeah. Like stop yeah. bitching and get back on defense. I mean, look,
1: w- when we cover There's those the problems Lakers earlier in the year. Well, when we cover those Kobe Powell teams, I mean, Kobe. I don't think until you see him live, you really realize just how much time Kobe spent riding the refs. And the answer to that is however long the game lasted, that is how long he spent riding the refs. And that would have a trickle down effect to Powell, to Lamar, to Derek Fisher. Like that was a team that we covered that as great as they were, and we really enjoyed those guys. They complained their asses off Mm -hmm. every single game. And that's something that becomes contagious. But what I also like, too, though, is the guys like Avery Bradley, or I thought even Kent Bazemore, who didn't bring much to the table offensively, they had moments where they were, I thought, really disruptive defensively. This team, as you said, I think they're starting to become more connected defensively. Like They're never going to be what Frank Vogel wants them to be, like, like the the utopian defensive version of what Frank Vogel would design his teams first, because they just don't have that personnel. But they're mm-hmm. starting to become better, I, you know, and I don't think it's a coincidence that they're starting to become better as Frank has started to accept the idea that they got to go smaller, and just th- you got to well, make I mean, it work. I will say the, the,
0: a lot of the, the the super small lineups got
1: kind of abused. I mean, uh, on
0: sure. on Wednesday, but I mean generally, speaking, whole, I think yeah. I mean, he didn't he didn't even with with Dwight missing, he didn't go. You know, give DeAndre you know no. twenty five minutes. I, I just you know I, I was a little less impressed with Bazemore as you, but overall, it's hard to say anybody was terrible on a night where they you know they again they held Dallas under hundred points in regulation. But your point about your point about kind of you know the 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 way that they won and 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 finding some connectivity and all that kind of stuff. We've talked a lot about the Lakers kind of needing to understand where they are and who they are, and LeBron spoke to that a little bit after the game in a way that I think probably should encourage Lakers fans who are looking for, you know, signs that the
1: team gets it um, in, in ways perhaps they didn't earlier in the year. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials were new without your consent? It's because it's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or just forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. They're an absolute hassle, but Truebill makes it simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel all those unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and they've helped them save over 100 million dollars collectively it's amazing don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com locked on nba go right now truebill.com locked on nba could save you thousands a year truebill.com locked on nba
0: so we've we've said andy a lot we've talked about sort of a certain humility that this team needs in terms of just understanding what can get them a win and again. This is a a an ex, kind of what I'm getting at when I say it's encouraging to see them figure out a way to win on a night where the big three isn't putting up bonkers offensive numbers, where they're not hyper efficient and just overwhelming with star power. Isn't to say they played badly; um, it just you know they weren't. It wasn't like one of these memorable games for any of the three, um, and yet they won. And LeBron kind of talked about that afterwards like they seem to be past the place where they're waiting for their sort of on paper star power to to snap things into place and carry the day and have them be the team that everybody
1: figured they'd be at the beginning of the year it seems a little bit like they're past that yeah you know lebron was asked something and i don't remember the exact uh quote of the question but to the effect of just you know, where they are right now in terms of all the stops and starts and all the adversity they've been through and the chaos and the injuries. And he said, we are who we are as a team right now. And he didn't mean that in a negative way, but more just matter of fact. Like, this is who they are. And everything that's led to this point is disappointing. It's been a hassle. It's created more of an uphill battle. And I think anybody anticipated, even the even the people around the team who used to consistently say, and I think they meant it sincerely, like there's stuff we're going to need to figure out with this many new faces and Russell Westbrook, who is maybe the least blendable player in the NBA, this is going to take a minute. Having said that, I think this has been harder than they anticipated. And I would it has agree. Not, <laughs> and it has not been made any you know easier. With the stuff that's been piled on top of it, you know, injuries that began literally since training camp. They have had no continuity whatsoever. But at some point, and we're about a third of the way into this season now, it is what it is. And it it doesn't matter if you're not where you think you should be. It doesn't matter if there's more road to make up than you would expect it. You just got to do better. And you got to improve. And a good thing about this team over the last couple of weeks is they've been displaying steady, incremental improvement. You know, you can you can pick away at who they've been playing or, you know, at the same time, it's who it's on their schedule right now. Every team, it seems like, is going to start having guys out because of COVID protocols. Like, you know, you beat this team without player X. I think that's just going to be a game now. Like that's well, just the way things but are also, be. They,
0: they were losing games with you know with, to team missing player X or True. the the Oklahoma City Thunder with all of their players but which which isn't a great thing either like the, you can only play who you're playing and it is better to win those games than to lose them and they were losing a lot of them earlier in the season they seem to be winning more of them now I mean they're 16 and 13. And that's not great, but it's a three-game win streak. And this is a team that has had incredible trouble getting over 500 and staying there in, in any meaningful way. And, you know, I, I took a lot of what LeBron was saying too as is, is like an acknowledgment of we can win, but it's not it, the how we win isn't going to match the way that we thought we were going to win early in the season. And it may not match how we are able to win later in the season. But for right now, like this is how it's got to be, and like, and I think that's why LeBron has come back and has been more engaged. And you know, it was it was the same thing on on Wednesday night in Dallas. You know, the results weren't the monster games he's had over the last couple. You know, last few that won him Western Conference Player of the Week. Um, but he was hardly terrible. Twenty four points and five assists, only two turnovers, made four of nine from three point range. It like. Including one the, from like Dallas's logo. I know. That's a, they'll say that one was from Fort Worth. Um like they 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 just have to grind. They have to be yeah. much more in a lot of ways, like the 2020 team, 1920 team, that that won and had a grinder's personality and and for all the star power that they had in A D and LeBron was not a flashy team in any meaningful way. And I thought what they did on Wednesday was reflective of that. Like Westbrook, especially early, was attacking the rim. attacking. There's nothing beautiful about how Westbrook does it, but it's relentless and it's powerful. Um, AD was better in the second half, but at least was aggressive on the boards. And LeBron was LeBron. And then, you know, I they grinded this one out. They held a team on a bad offensive night to under 100 points in regulation. Dallas had 95 points going into the overtime. I'm sorry, 93. My math is bad. Like, that's really good. I don't care if Dallas is struggling offensively. They're an NBA team
1: under 95 points in regulation. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, I think just to put a button on it, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I had suspicions that had the Lakers not been missing Malik Monk and Dwight on top of THT, which they had expected before, you know, before they even got on the plane and everything uh you know went sideways. Poor
0: League Monk had to be like shipped back to LA in like a <laughs> sterile container. I always love when they like they like he was pulled off and they like the rule is you have to send them back in a safe manner. Like so like he's in the back of a truck with like guys in a hazmat. I don't suit. know, like, man. With, right. Is there a police R- escort? Are there sirens? What is I don't this know. I'm- like
1: the way right now everything's backed up with shipping, I'm a little bit nervous, like in terms of when Malik <laughs> is Monk Malik is Malik Monk just
0: like outside the port of Long Beach, right? I, now, I don't really? know. I'm
1: just I'm I'm very worried about how long it's going to take Malik Monk to get wherever he's supposed to be. Like there's a lot of stuff backed up right now. Everyone's worried about how this is gonna affect the holidays. Nobody's thinking yep. about how it's gonna affect Malik I, Monk.
0: I, I just I I am sure that the correct answer to how did Malik bunk get back to Los Angeles is way less interesting than what's going on in my head but what's going on in my head is is fascinating right. it's like nobody right. can go near the guy
1: right I, I picture him in like one of those like shipping cans that you saw on the wire <laughs> like yes yeah. it it's like, with like uh,
0: three holes poked yeah.
1: inside or something so he can breathe uh, it, i mean he wouldn't catch he wouldn't uh, expose anybody else to COVID there i'll say that That's but anyway right. i don't know if ad Would have played had those guys not been available. But it didn't feel coincidental that he was bumped pretty early on from questionable to probable, you know, with this situation. And he looked, at least for some of this game to me, like somebody who was still quite literally getting his legs underneath him. But, you know, fighting through that felt very emblematic for what the Lakers did during this game.
0: It was just, it was, it's, there are nobody, we we've said this all season long and we will continue to style points are not things people are going to ask for right now. Win games, um, win them however you can go win another game against Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, did beat Denver on Wednesday night. So they're, they're, you know, maybe riding the ship a little bit. They get Patrick, Patrick Beverly back and all that kind of stuff. Um, Go win that game. Go see what you can do. Go beat an undermanned Chicago team, assuming that game takes place on Sunday, and and you know look up in a month and see like okay, winning games and oh you know by the way we're playing better too. Um, those things will probably go back together. Um, so we'll we'll get ready for the weekend. Um, and some of these interesting games we'll do that. We'll look more at Austin Reeves and the potential rotation impact uh, that w- we could see from that, and all kinds of other stuff. We'll do that. Uh, Friday for Lockdown Lakers. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Please subscribe to Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. We'll see you on Friday.